0: Good adventures. I'm Melissa Bonzac, author of the June Nash Adventure Series, and when I'm not writing, I'm reading. I started this show to rave about new discoveries, chat with Indian small publishing house authors, and occasionally share from my works in progress. This is Books Cubed, interviews, raves, and reads. Good adventures, everybody. This is episode three of Books Cubed, Reads, Reviews, and Rants. And I'm Melissa Bonzac, your host. And um, I'm going to start with catching up with um, any comments from the last two episodes. And I did have a couple. I'm going to go to those. They're here somewhere. Hang on. Okay. Um, From episode one, E. Suzanne Hill said, Melissa, love your style. Thank you. Hot Flash Recovery and All, Too Too Great, signed a friend of Jason O'Brien, moi. And um, Jason is a filmmaker, a really good filmmaker. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to his stuff. He's in festivals and he did this great film about cuddling years before anybody else was talking about it. And then um, Carrie, who I interviewed last week, wrote a nice note. Thanks, Melissa. You're a wonderful show host. I love being on your show and I loved having you. And I got some nice comments from people who didn't leave messages on here, but did comment on Facebook or sent me messages. So if you, if you like the show, leave a comment. Subscribe, leave a comment. Um, let me know what you think. What have I been doing? I've been writing, trying to write. I don't know. I've been distracted. I bought a lot of stuff lately, so um, I need to get my butt sitting in the chair, which is the best way to do it. I uh, guys catch Doctor Who last night, the new Doctor Who was on Jody Whitaker's great loved her in Attack the block and um on Broadchurch. and um I loved it. I thought it was great i am a huge Doctor Who fan, and uh I absolutely loved it so did you watch? Did you like it? Let me know in the show notes uh, in the comments. Caught a star's born Bradley Cooper can sing oh my God, wow um Lady Gaga sounded great. Uh, because of my cochlear implant, I really am catching up on music. So I don't know any of her music. I heard her sing jazz once, and it was good. It was good. But I really couldn't hear her very well. So um, it's, it's been fun catching music. So uh, this week, I have got an interview with my friend Todd, who is a poet. Uh, let me tell you a little bit. Todd first, uh, our Todd Hendricks is a self-described writer in progress who enjoys writing short fiction and poetry. He recently earned his B.A. in English from the University of Central Florida and has had his poetry published in the Cypress Dome. He also believes that there's a haiku for everything. So I started out uh, talking a little bit about how, um, I guess, the poetry that I really paid a lot of attention to was in music. And uh, I lost most of my hearing from the 80s on. So songs from the 60s and 70s are what I listened to. And the protest songs of the 60s and 70s are what I really um, loved. And I said, <laughs> to like poetry. Uh, um, outside of music, I just don't know what to think about poetry. So my first question was um, talking about music and then
1: you said, you said music, and that's actually kind of one of those really interesting things about poetry is that it's, it's an emotional thing. It's supposed to grab your heart. It's supposed to grab your emotions. It's supposed to take you for a ride, um, kind of similar to experiencing a roller coaster. Uh, the other day we were talking, and I kind of told you about the artichoke thing. Um, it's, at its essence, it's supposed to make you feel something you didn't know you weren't supposed to feel.
0: Okay, so Todd and I are part of the Florida Writers Association, and we our local chapter here, we have Critique Night a couple times a month. And we have a couple poets, and they will read a poem, and then they go around the table, and it gets to me, and everybody's looking at me, and I have no clue where to even start critiquing a poem.
1: Well, if you're talking about the critiquing process of critiquing poetry, um, it's a lot different than critiquing a, a piece of prose. In prose, you're looking to see if things work. You're looking to see if people are confused. You're looking to see if the character connects. You're looking—I mean, like all these different layers with prose that you have to deal with. With poetry, it's a feeling. It, it, it's not whether some—I mean, because okay. I love to critique, you know, I, I, that's what I'm, yeah. I have an opinion about everything. Um, And I do, but the, um, yeah, don't come to our group. If you don't wear your armor, it's a good possibility. I may say something, but with poetry, what, what it is, it's about condensing all of those words into the least amount of confusion so that you get like, it's, it's, my my wife makes turkey soup at the end of Thanksgiving. She takes all of the stuff, she throws it into a pot, puts water in it, and just boils it, down, boils it down, boils it down, boils it down, boils it down. So at the very end, you have this stock, and it is such a powerful flavor. That's what poetry is. You're boiling it down, you're boiling it down, you're boiling it down. And it's not necessarily always about understanding the words or whether or not they work as, as a sentence. Um, Poetry probably breaks more rules and grammar than anything else, and that's okay because the ultimate goal is to get it to a point where you, as a reader, are experiencing it. Um, Ursula Gwynn, who uh, uh, I just, I'm reading a book about her, with, it's called Conversations with Ursula Gwynn, and um, she makes a comment in in the book. It's it's poetry's kind of like listening to people talk on the other side of the wall. You can't hear what they're saying but you can tell whether or not they're happy or they're sad or you can you can you know what they're conveying just by the tone by the pitch and that has to do with the rhythm of she's talking about rhythm in poetry but even with the rhythm it's the words it's it's all of it it works together to to elicit those 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 feelings out of you
0: so as a novice to poetry where do I start
1: um <laughs> it's kind of like asking somebody who's never listened to music, what kind of music they like. Um, <laughs> I, Cause it, there are all kinds. Uh, I personally like Robert Frost. Um, I like um, Charles Bukowski. Uh, there are, uh, Anne Sexton's actually somebody who kind of hits in me. Um, I like poetry that I can sit down and I don't have to try to figure out what they're talking about. Uh, I'm not a fan of Sylvia Plath. I don't particularly care for Allen Ginsberg, um, you know, but because there's, they're, they're talking about things that it takes, and some people are like that. Um, I think it's Judy Hirschfield. she writes, I think that's her name, um, she, uh, she kind of falls in between. She writes very complicated poetry, but it's very deep poetry, it uses a lot of science. So sometimes it's, I don't want to I don't want to sit down and read something that's going to make me have to figure out what they're talking about. I want to be able to read it, but at the same time I want to read something that doesn't just go roses red violets are blue. You know I want something with with sticking power. Um, and I think to some degree. You can kind of take the kind of music you like and start there. Uh, Robert Frost is always great. Um, he's a prolific poet. Uh, Shakespeare, everybody seems to hate on him. But when it comes to his sonnets and some of the poetry that he wrote, he, he knew what he was doing. Um, his When you understand, and that's that's another part of poetry, is you kind of sometimes have to understand the structure. Uh, a sonnet, about the there's it's 14 lines long. And about the eighth line it switches and it it changes the whole meaning of the sonnet and when you learn that and you read the poem you're you're looking for it so in the process of looking for it you're like oh there it is i get it um i love haiku i it's i write a lot of haiku um and it it's modern day haiku it's not uh, official japanese haiku which is normally about nature but um, like my wife, she doesn't necessarily understand haiku because it's like you're stuck with this rhythm of five, seven, five. There's the structure you're required to write inside of, and you're attempting to you're attempting to get an emotion and an image in very, very little words. Um, I, I find that kind of challenge to be fun, and so there are all kinds of different poetry. Uh, if you like rhyming poetry, uh, Shel Silverstein, phenomenal. Um, it's kids' it's poetry. Yeah, yeah. But he does a great job. I mean, he's very funny. He's very, uh, very witty, very, um, very simple. But at the same time, and that's the beauty of poetry. Poetry says this. Good poetry, not all poetry. Poetry says this. But somewhere down here, there's something else that's going on. And then, and discovering what that something else is, is. You kind of feel like you've been let in on a secret. and it's like, ha-ha, I got that. Yeah, I see what they're doing there. And, and again, there's an emotion to that that isn't necessarily it's, – it's like uh, when you read a good book and you the, – the writer does such a great job of setting up the twist at the end that you're like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Poetry does that, but it does it in a very short form factor. We're, we, we have to define something here by good poetry and good poetry is, is very subjective. Um, what I think is good poetry. Other people may think is trash. Um, you know, music is the same thing with good poetry though. When you deal with meter and rhythm, um, when you deal with, uh, the, the way that a poet goes through and puts the words on the page where there's, there's a structure to poetry that you don't get in prose. um, You've got you've got what are called enjambments, and it's where the end of a line um, stops and the new one comes in. Gwendolyn Brooks is a very famous uh, poet who wrote uh, "We Be Cool," and it it starts with "We Be Cool," we, and then it goes to the next line, "We you know stay in school," we, and every line ends with "we," and it's such a strong sound that it creates a rhythm. It's you know, so you've got this rhythm without music. Langston Hughes, uh, I love Langston Hughes. Going back to the 1920s in Harlem, uh, Harlem Renaissance, he does a similar thing, and he was very influential um, in jazz, and also very influenced by the whole jazz, blues, you know all of that R&B that was going on back then. Uh, loved the jazz stuff. Um, he repeats and he does this this thing that he goes about. Um, when you get into a little bit older, like Emily Dickinson's, people like that. When you start reading their poetry. They create a rhythm with the words, with the way the syllables play off of each other. Um, uh, you know, when you were in a, when we we're in elementary school, we learn this onomatopoeia, uh, not onomatopoeia, that's the wrong thing. <laughs> this is when my brain goes, phew, um, iambic pentameter, Woo! we learn oh, yeah. this iamic pentameter where it's like da 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 da, you know, except it's five beats, uh, or it's ten beats because it's da 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 da, you know, but anyway. And, and that rhythm, creates a sing song in this to it. Uh, I personally don't particularly care for dog world poetry, which is roses are red, violets are blue. But even in that simplistic aspect, you you can hear it. It's roses are red. There goes my hand just covering everything up. You know, it's roses are red. It's this up, down, up, down, up, down. And that that rhythm creates the song, uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's a poem that has a song beat to it. So poetry can do that without the actual music and word choice plays into it. You've got this repetition of words, which in prose, and again, in the group, you hear me say it, it's like in prose, you don't want the repetition of a word. In poetry, that repetition actually creates a rhythm. Um, So you've also got alliteration, which is using the same word over, or the the same letter over and over again at the beginning, you know, um, of course, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but uh, you know something that starts with all S's, and then you have the rhyming patterns where you have perfect rhymes. You know, Dr. Seuss. You know, I will not with a fox. I will not in a box. I don't like green eggs and ham. Um, Sam I am. So that's perfect. Then rhyming, where consonants and asonance is where the the consonant rhymes or the vowel rhymes. And you can play with, like, like uh, book and look sound alike, but you can find other words that have that uh sound in it, and it will sound like it rhymes. And in that, you create this haunting aspect to a poem. And again, it depends on what you're trying to do with a poem. So when you read it out loud, by the way, poetry should be read out loud, not in your head. When you read it, you hear it. It plays on the tongue. It plays on the emotions. It plays in the head. It's all of this stuff mingling together like a really good lasagna i love lasagna um (laughs) it's great you know so it it all mixes together so that when you're doing it when when you're reading it all at once you're getting that one just awesome bite of good stuff and you don't necessarily understand why you like it you just know that you like it um you know the the one poem i read you kind of turned to me and you went oh do you want a hug um (laughs) <laughs> and 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 that was that was kind of the point of the poem as I was trying to create this this emotion inside of you the reader that created a reaction and it did and yeah it did. and in prose you know you've got you know if you write a short story you've got 2,500 words a novel you know 80 90,000 words in a poem you've got you know average poem being what 20 lines long you got 20 lines grand total like 150 words and you just gotta just get it in there and just and and pull all of that out so that's why i like poetry <laughs> uh
2: and then i will i will take a look at some robert frost and revisit some poe and i know yeah. in, I, my dad used to read me the raven Halloween it was like the Christmas thing at Christmas but the Raven was at Halloween for me as a kid
1: the Raven is a great poem um everybody loves it and the really interesting thing about the Raven is nobody remembers how long it is it's so much longer than we remember
2: it is it's a long poem
1: it's an incredibly long poem yeah yeah not to be, you know, not like as Annabelle Lee, you know, oh, that's, that's quick and down and dirty. But, well, in, even in The Raven, that that's a neat thing about The Raven is for as long as it is, he does such a masterful job with that repetition. He does such a great job with the rhyming and the way that he meters things out in the lines. You can almost feel the descent in the madness that this guy is dealing with. Yeah. And it's just this, 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 you're going and you're going and like, and... And you're experiencing that. And again, you get that in prose, you know, you Telltale tell Heart, uh, Cask of a Uh I, I love Pope. I, he was my, he's what I cut my teeth on when it comes to most of my writing, uh, you know, but then again, he's an American icon. So, but it's, it's the, it's, you get that in those stories, but at the same time, you get it in a much longer form, so it brews and it's, you know, it's this stew kind of thing that you're like, yeah, but with that poem, it's like it's just this constant, constant, and it doesn't let up. Um, and that, I think, is a big difference with, with those two forms.
2: And it's not subtle. Subtle just doesn't work for me. And no. so I think that's sometimes the problem with some of the poems that I hear is that it's just too subtle. I don't know what they want me to be feeling or thinking,
1: and, and that's a big—that's a big problem. With I'm going to call them amateur poets. Um, I, I struggled with this. I still struggle with this. My teachers have nailed me on this. Um, poetry is supposed to be concrete, and we'll say something like, you know, I I fell head over heels in love. What's love? You know, um, and, and it goes to that show, don't tell when it, when we're writing, we, we keep telling everybody, show us what you mean. And poets seem to think that, uh, and again, it's this, this is bad poetry. Poets tend to give us this idea of, uh, here's this very amorphic word that doesn't mean anything because it can mean everything. and, and, And with poetry, because we are dealing with such a small form factor, it needs to be specific. And instead of being so general because we want everybody to understand it, well, again, going to what we tell people who write uh, prose, be specific because more people will relate to the specific than they will to the general. Um, That's a big deal with poetry. I, it's why I don't like it's why I don't like Sylvia Plath. I felt a lot of her poetry. You kind of had to know what she was talking about, or you were trying. You spent too much time trying to figure out what in the world she was talking about. But Anne Sexton, um, I don't think I have. I may have the name of the the, the poem right. I think it's called "The Bells of Bedlam." Um, I it's it's a great poem, and it's it's a poem written about her in bedlam. Um, and Bedlam being an insane asylum, or I'm sorry, a, an asylum, not insane asylum, um, that she was in. And it's about ringing, this, this lady comes in to teach people how to ring bells. But it's such this incredibly impactful thing. And she's describing specifics, things that I would, you know, if you were to say, "Oh, here I wasn't in an asylum," no, no, no. She's describing the chairs and the way the teacher looks, and about this lady, and about how her smile is, and about this, and it's it's very specific. So that's the problem that I think a lot of people run into with poetry is they're experiencing what I call bad poetry because it's you know it's it's dealing with these grand and these generalizations. I just yeah, it's it's just not a good thing.
2: I was thinking you had a collection of poems that were out because you have
1: really good poems.
2: I like your poems. I love the one you read a poem. It was just when he was done. It was just gut wrenching. And I turned to him when we were done, and I said, "Oh my god, you need a hug?" (laughs) (laughs) But it was Um, great. I mean, it was one of the few poems I've heard in the group that I actually felt like I could comment on.
1: Well, because I write poetry that I want to read. Um, I think that's a very important fact in poetry. Uh, I tend to write, um, somebody actually gave me a really, like, in one of my classes, somebody gave me a really awesome compliment. Um, he, he told me, I, I, I reminded him of Charles Bukowski, a name I mentioned earlier, and I was like, well, thanks. And didn't want to seem stupid, so I had to go figure out who Charles Bukowski was. <laughs> so, good poem. But, yet very just, you know, he wrote what he, he, he wrote what he said. He said what he wrote. There was depth to it. There was a little bit more going on, but you didn't—you don't get done with his poems. Going, what was he talking about? You kind of understood what he's talking about, and that's what I want to read. So that's what I tend to write, um, and I appreciate the compliment.
2: Okay, well, get some work on your book. Okay. All
1: right.
2: I'm sure. That I will see you at—we uh, run into each other at um, what's that? Coffee house? It's a coffee house and.
1: In- Barnes and Noble, Starbucks.
2: Yeah. They're- they're- Coffee
1: house there. We try to put our backs to each other so we don't talk to
2: each other. And I will talk to you later, Melissa. Thanks.
1: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
0: So thanks, Todd. I think I have a better understanding of poetry now. I'm going to go back and um, look at some of the poets that you talked about. And for everyone listening today, if you have a favorite poet or if you are a poet, leave a comment and um, let me know about the poems that mean something to you and um, have a great week and read a good book.